I mean, comfort is important. Yeah. I just, I like that about us. No bra. No bra, of course not. Your whole left boob has been out for the majority of this podcast. <laughs> so the, the, t- the tank is big. It's flowy. And it's extra baggy because Alex gets like a size large. <laughs> which means that like nip slip is a real issue for her. Okay, so we've come to a realization, and we're going to share that realization with you. And that realization is that me and Alex are actually the same person. We've been the same person for, like, our entire lives. The more we talk about our child, not necessarily, like, the details of our childhood, but, like, the type of kids that we were and, like, what we were into, like, we were into all the same things. And... We share, we share a lot of experiences and commonalities, even though we grew up in, like, really different areas. So that's kind of, that's an interesting discovery that we've made the past couple months. Yeah, so, like, for instance, the other day we were talking, I don't even know how it came up. I think we saw someone skateboard or something. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't even know what they're called, but those little finger skateboards. They're called finger skateboards. Oh, okay. So like, <laughs> literally like at the we see this guy skateboarding and like he's doing what all skateboarders do and he's like, trying to like kick flip down the stairs and then he falls because like skateboarders suck, and then like I mean, at the same time suck. they don't but like the ones that you see around here do, and like at the same time we were like, did you ever have the like finger <laughs> skate like exact same time we said that, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, we both had those and you know, cause you, you do the same thing, right? Like you, you were like running it across a desk. Yeah. It's like, you... it's weird. Cause it's, it's beyond like what, like we were both into like really weird stuff. Yeah. Like yo-yo tricks. Yeah. Like the expensive <laughs> yo-yos. And yeah. you would like, like undo the knot to make it like spin easier yeah. and then like do the, the string and like. I used to have a yo-yo that had, and this is funny because I hate bugs. But it had, like, bugs in it. Like, actual bees. Yeah. It was, like, clear. It was yeah. a clear yo-yo. And it had, be- like, actual bees yep. in it. So hardcore. I had yeah. one. I don't know if you remember this yo-yo. It was called the Fireball. It was, like, the yo-yo. I'm sure I had it then. Yeah, you probably did. You probably didn't. You probably weren't into Pokemon, though. That was probably just I a, was. You Pokemon were? Pokemon cards, yeah. You had Pokemon cards? Which is weird, because I'm not into that sort of, like... Well, what was your favorite Pokemon? Oh, I don't remember. The only one I can recall right now is Pikachu. You don't remember, like, Charmander? Oh, yeah. Now that you're saying it. (laughs) Jigglypuff? Yeah. Yeah. Mew? Yeah. That one was rare, though. If you got a pack with Mew in it. That was, like, when I was in grade, like, five, six. Yeah. Yeah, I had... Did you have them in binders? No. Oh. Yeah, I would get the cards and then I would get these inserts for the like binder and okay. you put the cards in the inserts so it protects them. Yeah, for sure. That was me. Um, I also had Beanie Babies. Oh, I was a huge Beanie Babies, but I only collected the dogs. Oh, 
We had all, like, I'm talking trash bags full of Beanie Baby. We had, like, the Princess Die Beanie Baby. Oh, wow. But, like, I think my Did mom... Did you ever liked... have, like, the mini Beanie Babies? Yeah, the ones from... That was the only reason I would go get a Happy Yeah. Meal. My sister really liked the Bear Beanie Babies. So, yeah. So, like, my mom would have to go out and get... Like, stand in line for the yeah. special edition ones. She yeah. still says, yeah, calling toy stores and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't spoiled at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, there's that. So, we thought it would be cool to, like, tell you guys... Because we both have interesting backgrounds, like, before CrossFit. And, like, there are other people who do as well. But, anyways, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about ourselves and some of the similarities that we have. Mm-hmm. And then, like, how we met... That seems people keep keep asking that. I feel like we've talked about it before, but we'll just go into some more detail. Sure. Yeah. Um, so why don't you uh, you go first? Well, we can kind of go together, I think. So like I, well, I went to a private high school, mm-hmm. um, which was hard because I was a like I ski raced, which is a very time consuming sport. Uh, you're like at the ski hill all weekend, and then we have a ski hill in town, so I was there like in the weekdays, and then I also. Um, play piano. I was forced by my mom to play piano. That's one thing we differ on. Musical. I am not musical at all, and Meredith is very musical. So I was forced to play piano. Um, my mom always said, and I, I know a lot of people are in the same boat as me with this. They were forced to play it growing up, and their mom told them, you're going to be so thankful one day that you learned how to play the piano. (laughs) I don't, now that I quit, like not once since the day that I quit have I thought, wow, I'm really glad I played piano. You haven't? I actually think back, I'm like, I can't believe I had to waste those hours (laughs) on the piano when Uh, I could have been doing other things. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I basically, so I went to high school at a private university, or I went to a private school basically right out of kindergarten. Oh, you fancy, huh? I was wearing a uniform from grade one to grade 12. Can we talk about how many of those years do you think you were routinely mistaken for a boy? <laughs> oh, so grade, probably until grade eight. Sick. I had very short hair. Yeah. It was a mushroom cut, and then I buzzed it when I think I was 11 or 12. Short. Oh, yeah, it was like a buzz cut. Yeah. Like an, like an inch. So when Like, it was you... enough that it was long enough that I could, like, press it down to my forehead yeah. and, like, kind of put a pin in. <laughs> If I was wearing a dress so that I could look somewhat feminine, uh-huh. which wearing, me wearing a dress was a very uh, rare occasion. Yes. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. So grade 12, I went to like a very, it was a very academic school. Grade 12 graduated, um, took a year off, then went to university. At the what university. did you do during the year off? I, oh, I was on the national development team. U.S. or for Canada ski alpine ski team and um so basically they had formed a team I was pretty good at skiing growing up like I was kind of always one of the better ones in Alberta and so what they did in 2000 I guess it was six something they created a team from with all these girls um, from around Canada, so like from the Quebec ski team, they pulled from every province and created, I think there were 12 of us, the 2010 Olympic development team. And we spent the whole year like traveling around Europe. We went to Chile and Argentina. 
uh, we spent the whole summer training in Fernie, which is like a mountain town three hours away from where I currently live here in Calgary. And then after a year of that, I decided to go to school on an NCAA scholarship for alpine skiing in Alaska. Yeah, I was going to ask where you went. Yeah, which was like everyone's like, I tell people and everyone's like, wow. Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Alaska <laughs> is nice in the summer because you get so much like light. And if you're into outdoorsy stuff, like Anchorage is great for visiting. You get like, the ocean. And then the ski resort, Alaska, is like right on the ocean. It's like the ocean and then it turns into mountain. Yeah. So when you're driving <laughs> along, you're driving like right on your right side, you see the ocean. And then on the left side, just like a mountain straight up from the road. It's really cool. And then you can like hike. There's a bunch of backcountry skiing. But like when I was up there, I didn't spend any summers up there. I was always back at home for the summers. And the winters were so dreary. Like no sun. Like seasonal affective disorder is a really big issue up there. Weren't um, you like so pale? You were kind of like Yeah, clean. my mom always makes fun of me for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then I was, but I, I like I was, I had great friends there. And I did well. In did you school. see any like what, what like what was a wildlife situation like in Alaska? Okay, so you would see whales in the ocean, which was really cool. That yeah. was kind of rare, but I definitely did see a couple. And then moose were big, like they were always on campus and stuff. Is it what's the plural? What is? It's not meese. Is it mooses? I think it's mooses. Okay. But I always said like, okay, well, a goose, goose in plural is geese. Yes. Mouse in plural is mice. Yes. Why isn't moose meese? I don't have a good answer for that. Anyway. So the reason, so they had to, like, moose can be dangerous. Mooses. I think moose plural is just moose. Like deer? Like there's a herd of moose. I'm going to Google this. Um... Yeah, so if you saw them on campus, they always said, if you see one and it's charging you, run around like to the other side of a tree, and then you're basically playing coy with it. So if it goes left, you go left. So the tree is kind of always in between you. But how long does that game go on? I don't know. I never, I never played it. <laughs> like, how does that end? Like, someone just gets tired of playing. Probably you hope moose. that it's the moose. Um, it was really uh, quite the experience up there. We had like ice days. Like the weather's crazy. It's very wet because you have the, the ocean. Yes. So you would get like really wet snow and then it would get really warm and then it would freeze. Like the next day it would be like way below freezing. And then it would get so cold some days that your boogers would freeze. You know that feeling? You walk outside and you can't even like breathe in because well, it's just like... first of all, it's called a booger. It's a booger. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I'm familiar. And then there was one, one year where a volcano erupted. And right. so Ash was like, you had to wear a mask and stuff. You didn't have to, but you were recommended to. And like, don't yeah. go running outside. And um, yeah, like look, like Ash would be covering, like all the snow was kind of brown. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I mean, like, it was a good experience. Cool. To, they don't, to back up, I confirmed. A pl- plural of moose is moose. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Carry on. Um, so then... And then this, I, my sister, and this is relevant because it kind of overlaps a bit with Meredith's story slightly. Um, but in 
when I was in my sophomore year, my sister was diagnosed with leukemia. She was two years younger than me, so she would have been 19. And it was, she was, she basically, there was a pro, like a plan for her to get healthy again. And she did everything. Like she was sick for a, quite a while, like lost all her hair, had to get chemo. And then she got a um, bone marrow transplant, which is kind of like the last thing you get. And then I think she, when you have leukemia or I guess any cancer, your immune it, system is very, very suppressed. And so any kind of like virus or infection can be like deadly. And they think that uh, she may have something happened where she got a virus in her heart. And it just basically right when we thought she was going to get better, she just got really, really sick. And, and then she passed away, which was uh, the worst, obviously the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and that was in uh, August. And two weeks later, I went back to school to finish up my senior year. And that was just like, I thought I was okay. But I don't think like, I don't think you can be okay. Like I, like I, I was just like angry that whole year. Like I was really sad. Like anything would trigger me. Like I just hadn't dealt with any of like the grief. And I got like really bad, like stomach problems, like just digestive issues. Like I was, I started exercising a lot. Um, I was like with the ski team and I was also like exercising and just like trying to keep sane, like kind of shut everybody out because no one really knew how to like respond. And it was really fresh and no one really did respond. And I felt like really alone. And so that year was pretty tough. It was pretty bad. And so after that, I took the year off just to kind of like get better. And that's when I found CrossFit. Um, and like I had developed like a lot of really bad, like I've always been very like an anxious kid, like a very anal kid. <laughs> and they just got way worse when I was like that last year just was really bad. And then so that year I kind of like tried to like spend a lot of time with my family, um, ran a marathon in honor of my sister and my grandma. My grandma actually passed away about two weeks before my sister did with the same disease. So she was diagnosed shortly after my sister got diagnosed and then died. Just She actually died on my sister's birthday, which was June 29th. And then my sister died a couple weeks later on August 15th. So that was like a double whammy, the worst double whammy. Um, and then I started, I studied for the LSAT and got into law school and then went to the U of A, which is University of Alberta, three, three hours away and went to law school. And that was very tough thinking I wanted to be a lawyer. <clears throat> and then I took another year off actually. So in law school, like right out of the gate, you're interviewing with like, um, interviewing with firms firms and I got a job in my first year at a really like really great firm here in Calgary one of my first choices actually funny it was actually where my mom started out and and then 
I spent the summer working there in my second year of law school and was like, I don't really know if I like it. Both my parents are lawyers, and I was like, you'll be fine. Like, you know, the summer's kind of weird. You don't really get a taste for the work. And then in, it turns out that I actually didn't like being a lawyer, working in a law firm. Didn't discover that until later. So I went to the games, I think that year. 2015? 2015. So in my second year of law school. Somehow qualified for the games. And then, like wanted to make it back so I'm like that was so awesome so I finished law school missed making it back in 2016 and then was like I'm gonna take the whole next year off but that's not really like once you get a job you're kind of set like as soon as you finish law school you start working there like you're hired for that year as an article student and so I kind of had to say to them like hey um is it cool if I like take a year off and then come back the next year which no one really does and they said yes, which was great. I think I kind of explained my situation and what my goals were and things. And I didn't make it back to the games, but that was the year we met and hung out. And yeah, I guess I'll stop there and then you can catch up. Yeah, so where do I start? Start, I don't know, like high school, university. Okay. Um, I went to public school, but most people in the US do. <clears throat> Um, I went to a really, actually a really big public school, but it was one of the, one of the better ones in the county. And, um, when I was in high school, my main sport was swimming and soccer. Um, so actually like I started swimming and I was like, like six, like those little tiny kids that you see swimming in meets and you're like, Oh my God, they're so adorable. That was me. Um, but I always like to joke that I peaked at, my, my swimming career peaked at like 13 or 14. Because um, I stopped growing. So I'm like really, sh- I'm pretty short for a swimmer. I'm going up like 5'4". So um, like I was good, but not good enough to go to a big school. And I wanted to go to a big school for university. So um, I went to North Carolina State University. And I go back. And... Um, I started out actually as a pre-vet. I was I was like convinced that I wanted to be a veterinarian. And so my options for vet school, there aren't there aren't a ton of vet schools in the country and NC State happens to have a really good one. And then, what did you take in university? Well, I'm getting to that. Oh right. You're not in university yet. No, I'm like I just got to university. Sorry. So um, my options for vet school were like NC State and then University of Tennessee, which actually I really wanted to go to UT, but um, out of state tuition's quite pricey. Um, so went to NC State and was pre-vet. So I was an animal science, equine science major with a pre-vet concentration. So basically all about horses all the time. And it was actually really cool. Um, cause you basically jump into labs like sh- straight away. It's a pretty intense curriculum. And I like, I wanted to be a vet because I really liked horses, which is, like, I think the reason why most people go to vet school, unless maybe you really they like, like animals. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that was me, and I was taking all kinds of courses on that and um, doing labs. And, like, I was – I worked on the chicken farm. Like, I did a rotation with the pigs. I did a really cool, like, horse training rotation. And then kind of, like, the longer I stayed in that program – I stayed in that program for almost two years – um, 
it kind of started to dawn on me or I realized like talking with my advisors that like vet school is is like super competitive almost more so than med school because there just aren't very many and so if you unless you're just like an academic phenom which I was not um unless you're just like really really good you go like you you basically go on a wait list and you it takes you three to five years after you graduate to get into vet school and then a lot of people just don't like they stop applying or whatever and then you're just stuck with a like an animal science or an equine science degree and you know doing whatever you can do with that and so I realized that um maybe that wasn't the career path for me because it and then like okay so you you rack up all these this like student debt with you know the cost of vet school which is expensive um and you graduate and in North Carolina anyways unless you go work on like one of the really big pig farms which I hate like I hate pigs I don't like working with them unless you go work for one of the pig farms you're gonna make like just pennies like you're just not gonna make any money so now you're in debt for a long time doing something that you love that you'll actually probably end up hating because you're not making any money so um I decided to switch my major to like biological engineering um I like really like biology I really like um, like molecular biology, microbiology, like I was fascinated with that. So I switched to this, um, program and then you kind of have to decide right away, like, are you going to go like with that program, are you going to go into biofuels, which I had no interest in or kind of like biopharmaceuticals, which I thought were really cool. So I did that and basically was told there's like, you won't graduate in four years. Like there's just no way that you can wait until your sophomore year change into a, like, engineering curriculum and then graduate and I was like screw that I don't want to be here for five years so I just loaded up like all of my semesters and summer courses and made it out in four years said tell me I can't do something and I'll show you that I can summer courses were the best I actually really liked it I took um both of my organic chemistries I took over the summer and my first biochemistry which it's great because like if you're good at retaining information, which I've always been, like it's just like you get a ton of it all at once. You do a five-hour lab a couple of times a week, and you're done in eight weeks. Less I think I did like almost two, one or two courses over the summer, like online, the yeah. online options. I think like logic was one of them I took because I minored in philosophy. Yeah. And it was so nice. At the end, my senior year, like I was just taking like electives on yeah. my, in my final semester oh that sounds nice I took bread baking and <laughs> wine, wine tasting. tasting yeah remember you told me about those that. are only like one credit yeah and then I was a I was a TA for for one course so that's like an extra credit yeah. but anywho yeah um no I really like that and then so I graduated I minored in um so I'm taking a lot of like advanced microbiology classes so I ended up with a minor in uh, like biotechnology, um, biomanufacturing, and genetics. So, because um, I love, like, I really like the lab courses. So we did tons of stuff. Like, the lab, like NC State's kind of known for its like engineering and laboratory curriculum. So, um, I spent a lot of time in in labs, but it was cool. I did like a stem cell manipulation class, which was. Uh, or lab, which is really cool, because you basically take a pluripotent stem cell and you get yeah. It but to... can you bake cinnamon buns? No, I can't. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, 
So, anyways, uh, I was a part of some, like, professional clubs when I was in school, and, like, I, I definitely, I didn't graduate with, like, the, the greatest GPA, partially because I was cramming a ton of course load in, so it's like, you can't only do so well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I networked my ass off with these, like, so in Raleigh, there's a lot of pharmaceutical companies in that area. Um, it's kind of a hot spot. Um, in addition to like Boston and San Diego and there was one that I really wanted to work for um, because it was like it was kind of like the like they were they were the newest they had kind of the most exciting programs they uh, were really involved with our university and I got a job there it was Biogen IDEC they're not called Biogen they took the IDEC off Um, so I got a job there and I started I graduated on like May the 10th, and then, like, I started my first day at work, like, three days after that. It was, like, graduate on a Friday, I'm in the office on a Monday. So, no gap year for Meredith. But I was so excited. I was, like, so excited to work for that company. I used to be, I'm, like, a very obsessive person. So, I hadn't really gotten into CrossFit. This is 2000 and, this is 2010. Um, so, I wasn't doing CrossFit. I was cycling and running. And... So I tend to, like, whatever is the most important thing in my life, I obsess over that. And that was work. And it was working for that company. And so that was my obsession for, like, a couple of years. I didn't start doing CrossFit until 2012. So basically, 2010, 2012, obsessed with work. And it was fun. um, Because you're in the lab. It was a really, like, young group. So it was a process, like a research and development group, a process development group. Um... So the hours are kind of brutal because I was working in uh, cell culture, which was my background. And um, you're dealing with, and I always joke like my um, my nutrition coaching and consulting started when I was in the lab because a lot of what you're doing is you're monitoring the nutrition of these cell cultures. So this, like what we did and what we, like what the company did there was um, you use genetically engineered cells to manufacture protein therapeutics, so like monoclonal antibodies, um, and like fusion proteins, things to, that are used to treat disorders like uh, multiple sclerosis. They had several in clinical trials for ALS, Luke Eric's disease, uh, dementia, Parkinson's. They were kind of were in the new, like neurodegenerative autoimmune space. And so you're monitoring the cell cultures and making sure that they're healthy enough to produce the protein that you want and the concentration that you want. And a lot of that has to do with what you're feeding them and how much you're feeding them, when you're feeding them, are they getting enough oxygen? And so that was kind of what I did. We figured out how to grow petri dish, kind of like R&D sized cell cultures in a pilot scale so that you can run them at 10,000 liters in a like commercially viable process. Yeah, simple enough. Easy peasy. Yeah. I always joke I spent a lot of time thinking about bubbles (laughs) going through liquid. Um, So that was it. I was like, I was obsessed with that. I got promoted a couple of times. There was, I was like, you know, within three years kind of traveling around to conferences. I was like, I went to San San Francisco a few times, Um, was back and forth between Boston and Raleigh. Like our company was headquartered in Cambridge. So I spent a lot of time in Boston I don't know. It's a really cool, like, I don't, I don't think back and wish that I hadn't done that, even though it was like, yeah, it would have been cool to start CrossFit in 2010. But like, also it was kind of cool to, to have my job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I did that and, 
I was married, but we've already told that story, so I'm not going to, like, get into the details of that again. Yeah. Um, let's just say I was more obsessed with my work than I was my marriage for reasons that had nothing to do with him. Um, and so I got involved with CrossFit in 2012, and it was extremely part-time at first. Like, it was just, it was something I went and I did after work. Um, and then that kind of started to become a bigger part of my life around, like, 2015. Um... And things kind of came to a point in 2016 where I was like, hey, I would like to take some time away from um, my day job to train a little bit more and focus on competing. Kind of always was going to like go back. And I had a like had a position waiting on me to go back. Like my boss told me to come back whenever I was ready. Um, I didn't go back. <laughs> And that's, um, so I took that year off and then we, um, so we connected summer, the first time we met was summer 2016. And that was, that would have been um, when you were doing your final year or how, was that your gap year? That was, I just finished law school. Okay. So yeah. that was the beginning of your gap year. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah. So I think like, so he, the interesting thing, and we'll actually, actually I'm going to wait and we can talk about that when we talk about what you did for work for a while. But yeah, the first time that we connected was 2016 at the games, we ran into each other. We've also told this story, so I don't yeah. need to, we don't need to get into details about the oogly eyes and <laughs> you running up to me and yes, fangirling. stumbling over your words. Don't be rude. Um, so Anyways, we've we've talked about this before. We reconnected at Waterpalooza. Um, what do you want to talk about your articling year? What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, we were talking the other day, like, so even, like, we, these, this is kind of just, like, funny things, but we both at one point had, like, basically the same car. So, yes. like, every time we see, so I had a... GMC Jimmy. And I had a Chevrolet Blazer. Which are the, the same car. And we're talking like uh, 1999 or 98. Yeah. And it's like, it's, the, there was like one of the worst cars. Like the least fuel efficient, like if you gun, if you gun it, you can actually watch the fuel gauge drop. Yeah. And you still weren't going any faster. And then, I don't like, I guess like, well... <laughs> A lot of the same cars probably end up having the same problems. And, like, one of those things is, like, the air conditioning brakes. Yes. And so we reminisce about that. But it's funny. Like, we're reminiscing together, but, like, we didn't even know each other. I know. We both have this stupid car that has no air, just, like, melting. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big difference between us, like, I had a sister. Well, I had a sister, as I mentioned. And, like, we we're so competitive yeah and like I and I'm like like I said also so type a and so like my things are my things and like anytime my sister like stole something of mine or like was accidentally wearing one of my socks I would just like mm. freak out on her like yeah very possessive over my things and and then like the way I see Meredith with her sister, like just like her sister wanders into her closet and like grabs whatever <laughs> she wants. We just like share everything. Yeah, and I'm like, what? How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh so we both have um not around the like the same time necessarily, but you lost your sister. I lost my mom in twenty fifteen. 
Um, so there's that kind of like sh- like shared um, sense of like you're losing someone you shouldn't lose that early in life. And mm-hmm. I think like it's kind of like hardens you up a little bit because you're like part of the reason like you get older and you become over time naturally a little bit more stress hardy. And it's shocking when you're when you're that age, you know, in like your early 20s to lose someone who is that close to you. Mm-hmm. It's not you're not like emotionally or mentally prepared to deal with it. And I certainly wasn't. Um, and so it's we always like I always wonder what effect that has had on me as an adult or like if there's been any like any effect as an athlete. And we've kind of discussed this before in the past and like we don't really know. But it's one of those things that it's hard to if you haven't experienced that type of loss it's very difficult and it's probably the reason why a lot of your friends in Alaska didn't do anything or say anything because it's like you don't know it's very hard to understand what that feels like yeah um and so it's and then again like if you're if you're the person who's lost someone you don't know what's what's even normal to be said you just like you want something said you don't know what um so I like I remember feeling a lot of the same things, except I wasn't alone in Alaska. A little bit different. Yeah. But so there's that as well. Um, but then, so I think, and we can talk about this next. Uh, we obviously talked like we've talked about our coming out stories, which are similar in their own ways, different because of. Um, you know, I was married and you weren't. Yeah. Um, but it's, I really like, one of the things I really like about you and I like about us is that we we both have experience in a professional role, mm-hmm. um, which makes you uh, better communicating, I think. And it kind of just helps to understand how the world works outside, especially like I find this, this CrossFit bubble is so small and um, you get you kind of I think people forget like there's a big world outside of CrossFit and it's actually like it's where everything happens and yeah. so it's like to be a part of that and to have an identity that exists or existed outside of CrossFit I really like yeah I think and we spend and I've mentioned this we spend so much time together like we are together I would say 24 7 like maybe like it's it's actually crazy we don't the only time we don't spend time with each other is like when one of us is showering it's like we we literally we move around as a unit yeah we and do. like we do argue but it's like i think we're so we have a lot of the same um experiences so we're very similar in a lot of ways and then in the ways that we're different we're working through those but um but even like even how we, we do like we both kind of got good at CrossFit while having this other thing in our life. Yeah. And I think that helps, you know, we're still, you know, fairly competitive in CrossFit. We also have this business and I think the ability to, to be good at or focused on two different things is helpful. Like, I think I would be frustrated if maybe you weren't on the same page as me Yeah. or you didn't have a similar work ethic as me. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. We work well together. Yeah. But like the way we work is very different. Yeah. You like leaving things to the last minute. No. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just better at doing things on the fly. No, but it's, yeah, it's it's funny to see how effective people can be in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've always been that way. It's um, not necessarily like, I, I usually have a plan. Like, I don't fly by the seat of my pants. You couldn't, like, I couldn't have done the job that I had without, yeah like, being able to plan. But I, I would say I do the bare minimum amount of planning with my life in general. And it's just, like, I like it that way. Yeah. And I have you. And yeah, I do all the planning. Yeah, it works for me. Many hours or days in advance. I was like, I was that person who like would do the assignment when it was given. And like just have it done. Before the, like I would, I was that person in university who could go to a movie the night before an exam. Because I was, I had kept up on all my readings and stuff that I didn't even need to study that hard. Yeah. Like it was, I'm just like, like that. Like if something needs to be done, I just have to do it right then and there. Because I don't, I can't put it off. And when something like needs to be done the next day, I just want, I wish I could do it now. Yeah. I don't like, I'm not, I'm the opposite of a procrastinator. See, I don't, I am the opposite of that. I wouldn't say it's procrastination. I think procrastination is a problem. Yeah. You still get everything done. Yeah. It put, you know, it makes me nervous. To you, it probably feels like procrastination. Yeah. But it's just, it's the way that my brain works and my internal schedule works. Yeah. But, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess when we met in 2016, it was at the games briefly and Meredith was still married and, um, I was dating somebody at that time. Was it a girl? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and, and then we just kind of like, like, I think we started, I may have kind of told part of the story. I think we did. We started chatting a bit more. Yeah. Like, on Instagram, I guess. Well, I think what first happened is you liked one of my posts. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, mm. she likes what she sees. Um, and then it was like, we didn't chat for a long time. And then, like, later in the, the year, uh, yeah, later in the year, um, when I was no longer married. Yeah. Like I, right after you got a divorce. Yeah. It, it Wasted that. no time. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I can tell you what happened. Okay. That's not what All right. Happened. Yeah, right. You had something in between. Then. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, so we, uh, I messaged you about Wadapalooza and yeah. then we connected there and spent the bulk of that week trying to puzzle out if the other one was gay. Mm-hmm. And we had our first date in Wynwood. With the paleoethics guys. Yeah. So we went out with those guys and went to a club and went dancing. Still had no idea. I was like, I think she's gay. And I think you thought the same thing. Yeah. And, like, there was definitely some tension going on. But the weekend in Miami, I was a, I was competing as an individual. And I know I'm repeating myself here, but just in case you didn't listen to the other podcast. And Meredith was competing on a team. And, like, I was not like I've of course like I can multitask but I like I was paying uh, paying attention to the competition but I've always been one of those people where I'm like I'm very focused when in the moment but I almost like things to keep me distracted when I'm not in the moment and I think having you at Guadalupe and like hanging out with you and your sister and your friends kept me very relaxed and I was like okay it's time to compete let's compete yeah I think that's kind of how I've been through my whole life like all right if I'm not training like let's keep I want to keep myself busy doing something else like keep if you're light. constantly thinking about training like you're just gonna get worn down yeah. at least that's the way I am <clears throat> so I ended up having a great weekend at Waterpalooza well you won the or came second on the 
Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell this story. This is like you know that like you have moments when you when you meet somebody or like after you're in a relationship where you're like, did I love that person in that moment? Like, is that possible? And the moment is this. So Wadapalooza always programs these workouts, and they they you know they they want to take pictures of girls doing workouts in bikinis. Like it's a thing. And so the workout was, uh, I think it was was it a run swim run workout. Yeah, I mean, that's an assumption you're making about Wadapalooza. Okay, but I think that's the case. Because those pictures do end up on there. Yeah. Um, And it's fine. Like, girls have great bodies. I would, like, you can't blame them for wanting to plaster them all over the place. And you also can't blame girls for wearing, like, athletic bikinis um, to show it off. Like, whatever. I've done it. Yeah, okay. It's all good. So the event's a run, swim, run, and it's like... um, Maybe like a mile on the true form and then a swim and then a mile. I don't know. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think it was shorter on the true form, but anyway. And so here come the, the final heat of ladies, you know, coming out. Everybody's got their like cheeky swimsuit on and their bikini tops. Most people do not have their caps on yet. Those are going to go on after the true. Because you're going to get your picture taken. It's very important to remember that. The cap is not on, um, you know, hair is braided, looking super fabulous. And then here comes Alex. <laughs> Cap is already on. Um, we're wearing, or you were, you were wearing like a maybe a sports bra. I was. Um, and then was wearing Under Armour biker shorts. And I'm talking like, I'm not talking like booty shorts. I'm talking like most of the way to your they, new biker like shorts. Half. They're like, yeah, they are long. They are longer than any shorts that you have ever seen a, a female crossfitter wear and i remember i was like i love her she <laughs> means business in my defense i don't think i knew what like body glide was before that like yeah. since then i'm fine working out and running in a bikini because i yeah. can put body glide but like i don't want to run on a true form when i'm like wet in a bikini when I, my legs are gonna chafe it's yeah. uncomfortable that's fine. Like, I, I don't like, even have the biggest leg, so I'm like, how are these other girls doing it? Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know, it's made me really happy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever posted one of those photos. I, we should get one. I, I think the most, I have posted one of me in a bikini yeah. at Last Wadapalooza, running in the sand. <laughs> when you ate it? Yeah. Yeah. That well, was it was after I ate it. Yeah. But. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was kind of a moment that we had. Yeah. And then it was, um, we had, we were talking a lot, texting before we actually met in Miami and planned, I was like, I'm going to stay a couple extra days in Miami. Do you want to stay with me? And I didn't really know her. So I was like, uh, well, first off, like, you're not super weird. Are you like, you're fine texting and I can see that, but like in person, you're fine. Also, I, I think like, I yeah, asked sure. you that. You did. And I was like, I mean, who's going to say I'm gonna no? I'm going to stay the night for like three or three nights with this person that I've never really, really met in person. Yeah. But you, you assured me that you weren't super weird and it would be fine. Yeah. I think I said, well, I'm like, isn't, isn't everybody a little weird? (laughs) So I think that's where we like, we had a great time. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I don't really like Miami. Like it's Mm -hmm. just not my favorite city. Um, but it's kind of this place now that is weirdly special 
yeah. uh, because of our history there. Yeah. And even like um, last, not this past year when we did Wadapalooza because we came straight back, but the year before, like we spent a couple of days and like went to Nobu and had, um, well, we did the cruise too, but so then we stayed in Miami after that. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, had a great time. Um, and then after that, it was kind of funny, like, um, I didn't know, like, what was going to happen after Miami. Like, you know, when you, when you're, you're dating or you meet someone and they live really far away, which you did, <clears throat> like, Calgary is not close to North Carolina. I was super unsure about, like, if we were going to see each other again, what that was going to be like. And I, th- I think, um, you got back to Calgary, I got back to North Carolina and, <clears throat> Um, I owed you for the hotel room or something. I think that was it. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, I can deliver your, kind of joking. I was like, I can, I can deliver you a check, like hand deliver it. And I think you said like, yeah, I would like that. And so that's what I did. Yeah. I flew to Calgary, maybe like. <clears throat> it was in February. It was like three weeks after yeah. we got back from Miami. It wasn't even a month. Yeah. And I brought you the check for the hotel. And um, that kind of was where everything started was the trip after. Yeah. Like I was, I was always like one thing I really noted felt and that the whole time in Miami, I just was like this person, I feel like I've never felt so comfortable so quickly with somebody. Like it was, it was like a feeling like I've never, Mm -hmm. and even to this day, I, I constantly am like, wow, like I never filter anything I say with you. Like, you get me. Like, even if I say something, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't mean that. And you're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I just, I don't have to, like, it. I just feel accepted, like, every part of me. Yeah. And even as, like, our relationship starts develop, like, we get more and more, like, down the line, it's like, I feel that you start even discovering more of my things that I've maybe somehow kept a secret from mm-hmm. you and you still just like accept that and then I think that's me partially learning like what it's like to be in a long-term relationship because I've never been in one for this long yeah but like right from the start it was like that whole time in Miami like I don't know how I could spend I've never been able to spend that much time with somebody without getting annoyed and not once it was just like I wanted to like hear you talk and like be around you and talk to you and mm-hmm. just it was uh, yeah like I think <sighs> It was, yeah, that was a great trip. I just, I've never felt that before. I think there was a lot of things that year that worked out really well for us. Mm -hmm. And if they had, if it had been different, I don't know. Like, I like to think that we would have ended up together regardless. But, like, it just so happened that you had taken the year off. Like, you had taken that gap year. Yeah. Between law school and going to work. And then it just so happened that I was, like... I had been managing a gym, but I wasn't doing that. Like, I was also kind of in between finding, um, you know, whether or not I was going to go back to work or, but I was just training and having a good time. So we both just happened to have, like, abundance, an abundance of free time and, like, the ability to travel. Yeah. I think, like, even throughout Miami, as much as I felt that connection to you, there was always in the back of my head, I'm like, well, there, it's too long distance. Yeah. Like, it's too far. Like, I, I just... I always am like worst case scenario. I'm like, it just wouldn't work. Like, how could anyone ever like, plus I was starting this like really demanding job in August. I'm like, it just can't, it yeah. can't work. Like I'm not going to date someone new long distance during that time. Like it's just, it's not feasible. Yeah. 
Um, but you were, like, I think, I never really pushed back. I was just like, we'll see how it goes. And then yeah. we spent the whole summer, and it was basically like, all right. I would book, is... like, I would book flights to Calgary without a return. I'm yeah. like, let's see. Like, I'll just get there and then decide, like, how long I want to stay and then yeah. book to come back. And then you were in, like, you would come to Raleigh and kind of do the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just back and forth like that. Yeah, like, that summer, we, we didn't travel to each other. We just traveled with each other to different places yeah like we went to toronto together like for pride we, yeah in between calgary and raleigh we um, went to the games together we went where else did we go we went down to like due to that competition in south carolina yeah yeah that was a great summer yeah and then uh shit got real in like august yeah that's when you dumped me yeah we talked about that already yeah we did yeah um but I think it's it was kind of natural, like kn- like knowing how you are now, and the way that you have trouble foreseeing situations and like how things can work out. It made sense. Like, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm gonna do this. Like, I have to, you know, go article and do this with <clears throat> Blake's, and there's just not gonna be like you're not you, you don't fit into that. Yeah. Um, well, I think too like. I remember telling you, uh, maybe during the summertime at one point, I was like, hey, look, like, I'm, like, I'm a crazy person. Like, I tried to tell you. I was like, I'm crazy. Like, when I'm under stress, I'm, like, I'm not okay. Like, I've never managed stress well. Yeah. And I remember saying, you were like, it's, it's fine. And you, like, brushed it off. Like, how bad could it be, really? Yeah. And then you ended up, yeah, finally moving here in December after I think that a couple was, visits. That was something that stressed you out too. Yeah. Because like oh, I was yeah. in a point where, okay, I'm like, I kind of needed to go somewhere. Um, I was done, like I was going to be done living in Raleigh. Um, I didn't really want to move back to Greensboro, but I, I didn't want to move home. I've never moved home. Not like I was going to live at home, but that's just like, I didn't want to live in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, well... I would very much like to live in Calgary because I really like you and I think that we should live in the same place. Uh, but if you don't want me to live in Calgary, like I'm going to move somewhere else and then I'm going to be in that place for at least a year. And so I was looking at like Denver, I was looking at other places in Canada, I was looking at Vancouver. Um, I can't afford Vancouver. Um, and so I think I was inadvertently kind of pressing you into like letting me into your life when you were like well, what happens if she moves here and then if and then we break up yeah which and I think that's that's probably something that a lot of people who are long distance struggle with it's like hey now somebody has to pick up their life and like granted your life was kind of already picked up already because you were wanting to move yeah but someone's picking up their life and like moving to a whole different and for your case a whole different country for you and I'm like oh my goodness like I'm not ready for this like and I'm not never again like I I'm a good person but like I struggle with certain things and change is one of those things also yeah. so like not only knowing that I was gonna have to like change my training like for this work like work was gonna be crazy it's stressful stressful already and then on top of that like now I'm gonna be like managing a relationship and in my mind felt responsible for it because it yeah. was like okay now it's kind of on me because you know it was and a we lot already of... broken up once and it's like yeah 
Were you, it wasn't a real, you were like, I don't, you need to go, but I'm going to talk to you next week. It was like a soft breakup. It was like, you wanted, you wanted space, but you didn't actually want to break up with me because you missed me. It was like, it was Maybe. a weird breakup. Maybe. can ask Jordan about that. She knows. Um, it was just, yeah, and it took a lot of effort to even, to like get to Canada. Like, you can't just go to Canada. You can't, as an American, you cannot just, I'm going to go live in Canada. Like, that's not how it works. They're attached, but... You don't get to come and go. You can spend six months there as a visitor, and then they kick you out. It's the same rule in the U.S. That's how it works. Yeah. So it was, uh, for me, it was finding a way, because for some reason it's also, like, the Canadians have a list of countries that it's very easy to get a work permit, and the U.S. is not on that list. And so I had to find this kind of, like, back way to get, it was a, technically I was on a one-year, like, a travel visa, um, but it was an open work permit, so it allowed me to like coach some CrossFit and like live and work and pay taxes. Um, and I could renew that once, and so it bought me like I essentially had uh, two years. And then just kind of immediately, like it was crazy. Like I had to immediately start applying for permanent residency because like once that two years is up, that work permit is no longer renewable. You have to get out. Yeah. And so um, I kind of started that, like the, the permanent residency process right away, which was a whole, kind of a whole ordeal. If you've never, like most people won't go through that process, but it is an incredibly uh, long process. And, and expensive. Yeah. And so many people, yeah, like start to finish, it's about $3,000 in, in fees and things. Meanwhile, like I was, I don't, she was like busy applying for this thing to stay here for longer and I'm like trying to break up with her every week because I'm so stressed so stressed <laughs> so I'm like no 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 you don't want to break up with me this is just work stress meanwhile like spending all this time and money on the PR application like people normally hire lawyers and consultants to do these applications because they're that complicated but I was like no nah, I got it um but it was like a full-time job getting that thing done and then it was supposed to only take six months because I quali- because of my like work history and education I qualified as like an express entry and it still took over a year it was like uh, I think I completed that registration in August of 2018 it was just after the games I remember it was like the week we got back and then I submitted PR application and then it wasn't approved until the following like November 2019 it took forever yeah and the like they don't tell you there's no update like you're just like sort of sitting in limbo. I remember talking to, like, your friends, like, Ia, yeah, about how, like, well, she didn't know how long it was supposed to take and, like, well, you can do this to find out. And I, meanwhile, I'm, like, slaving away at this job, which, as much as I love the work, like, I, like, the law is so interesting and, like, you're so challenged and you feel so accomplished at the end of the day and you're learning so much, like, um... It was just the so hard, like wow. They kind of made it hard though. Yeah, like, hurdling is kind of be. supposed to be hard. Like you're supposed to be there. Like you're kind of expected to be there long. Like even if you're like long nights, early mornings. Like even if, like you just like they they expect your life to be that job. And I don't think I was necessarily ready for that because I had other things like CrossFit and health and you and. Balance. I just and like I didn't I didn't necessarily fit in with those with that group 
Yeah. Didn't, I didn't not get along with any of them. I just didn't fit in. And the whole thing just, I just was not, it wasn't good for me. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't good at all. Like I had certain really good days at work where I'm like, wow, I learned so much today. Like that's awesome. But like the whole lifestyle was just not the right thing. And, it, and I think we talk about this and how kind of like Meredith too, even though she kind of loved her job, there was this like, there wasn't any balance. Like it was really hard to manage anything else in your life when you have a job like that. And, and as soon you as you, if you don't live, if you don't love your job so much that you're willing to compromise everything else in your life, then it maybe isn't the right job for you. Yeah, and that's what it like. It got to that point where like I was, my job was my life, mm-hmm. and then it like I started to do other things, and then like when you need balance and it's time for balance and you're doing other things, you're kind of the, the odd one out. And so then like I stopped fitting in with my group and the people who I work with because, um, you know, I, I structure my day and my, my work in a way that allows me to do other things while my, my team, you know, they, they roll into work late, they work late, they go out together after work mm-hmm. and like go get a beer. And like, I just, I wasn't that person anymore. And yeah. so it becomes very awkward yeah even though I like I like the people that I work with I really like my boss but it's like it's like they can tell that this is like this is not my sole priority anymore that was it's, exact. it's like a, it's a special feeling yeah and it's like well it's like these people who it is their whole life is their sole priority and they almost judge you for having other they're like well how could how could anything be more important than this yeah. and it was like it's you worked at a really prestigious firm. I worked at the company that everyone wanted to work for. And so it just didn't click with people. Like, why would you ever want to walk away from that? Yeah. Like it just, and when I did walk away, when I was like, I don't want to be considered for a higher back. I think like my principal, like my mentor's mouth was just hanging open. And he said to me, he's like, are you sure? You sure you don't want to take some time to consider this? I'm like, uh, you think I would come to you and tell you this without taking time? Like, I've been thinking about this for, like, two months. Yeah. I remember my experience is a little bit different. I remember telling my boss, who was a mentor of mine for many years, and she um, she understood. Like, I think she always respected what I did, and she told me the story. And she's just, like, an incredibly brilliant person. Like, the type of person you want to grow up to be. And she told me the story about how in university and college she was a dancer like a ballroom dancer and she danced with a like a company and she had an opportunity after she graduated to she basically had to make it make a decision like she could go into the professional workforce or she could um go be a part of this dance company and like dancers they don't have long careers and uh she decided not to to do not to be a professional dancer and so she told me that story and she was like um I really respect what you're doing it's something like she's like when I think back to that decision I think I often think that I made the wrong decision and so it was nice like for me at least to hear that come from somebody like her uh who was extremely successful in like the professional way that I was kind of striving for and then change paths and so like even though I I think she like her work was her life she understood and she was the only one that understood but she was the only one that mattered because she was the person I had to turn my letter of 
resignation into. Yeah. I think when I was coming to the decision, I had you who had been through it and understood where I was coming from, which was huge. Like, again, like you understood, even when I, even when I knew I wasn't going to continue working there, I still had to like be there for the last couple of months of my article. And we both had similar experiences where like our job was like wrapping up, but you still kind of had to be there. Yeah. Like you're, you're all kind of coming off projects. There's nothing, yeah. no one's going to give you anything new to work yeah. on. And it's like awkward because you don't need to be in the office, but you are. Yeah. And it's like, here no I one's am. really talking to you, but you're yeah. there. And it's just like, oh, it's like, I hate thinking back to that time. Because yeah. I'm like, not that person. I'm not that person who just kind of like hangs out. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was always, I, then I was stressed about that. And, um, but I remember at one point, this was before I had decided to leave that firm. I remember saying to Mary that I was mad at some point. And I was like, well, when are you, what are you going to do for, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get a real job? Like, you're just going to keep doing this nutrition coaching. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funny to look back. <laughs> hey, it's pretty ironic. <clears throat> yeah. I think like it, you had a moment where you're like, well, I'm miserable and I want you to be miserable too. Yeah. Um, and granted, I, I mean, I learned so much at that firm and like moving, like looking back on that experience now running a, a company, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I sure, I sure did like learn a lot that actually not necessarily, I mean, even the law is a big part of owning a company. You need yeah. to kind of know how to do things, but even how, you know, sending emails and stuff that like you kind of learn in law school and university, but I don't think you really get a good grasp until you work uh, for for another company or other people. Yeah. At least from my experience, that's one thing that I learned. Definitely the like the communication is yeah. key and the emailing and kind of just like etiquette over that. Yeah, and professionalism. <clears throat> and learning how to be super passive aggressive without people necessarily <laughs> realizing it. Yeah. Phrases like as previously mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> kind regards. Yeah. These are things that you learn when you work for an organization, when you need to give someone the middle finger over email, but you need them, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, um, I don't know, the more, you know, with all this stuff coming out with CrossFit in the past couple of weeks now, like, and it's been, it's been going this direction for me where I'm like, okay, um, I ha- I'm finding myself I feel like I have less and less in common with the people that are at the center of the sport whereas a couple of years ago like I was in it and it was kind of my whole life yeah um, and it's nothing against those people it's just uh, I find that I value I'm beginning to value my experiences outside of the sport more and more um, especially the way that I, s- that I see things going right now yep so um and that's there are plenty of good people who are who are in it and they're gonna stay in it and they love it and they want to make it their career and there's nothing wrong with that um i'm just not gonna be one of those people yeah that's yeah it's been nice to not have much skin in the game these past couple weeks for sure yeah um what else I don't know. I can't. It's kind of our bit of our stories, I guess. Yeah, I think it's funny. Like you still, like we've been together for what, like three three years, three and a half. 
ish. Is it three and a half? Well, do if you count January. Okay. It just depends on when you start. Yeah. Okay. It's like classic lesbian. Oh you don't yeah, have it this. is. It's like yeah, almost three and a half. Wow. Yeah. So. Well, right now, just to paint a picture of how alike we are, we are sitting here podcasting in matching tank tops. They're the same tank top, but different color. Not tactic tank tops. They're totally, they're like <laughs> ones we bought in Hawaii. Yeah. We both have like ratty old shorts and matching wool, wool socks. Or not matching. They're not matching, but they're both wool socks. I mean, comfort is important. Yeah. I just, I like that about us. No bra. No bra, of course not. Your whole left boob has been out for the majority of this podcast. <laughs> so The teeth, the... T- the Tank is big. It's flowy. <laughs> and it's extra baggy because Alex gets like a size large. Which means that like nip slip is a real issue for her. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't mind. Okay, funny story. So the other day, just to end off on, speaking of nip slips, I was <laughs> plucking my eyebrows. And I used this little mirror that you plug onto the, the window. Yeah. So that you can use the natural light to like really you know, see what's going on. I mean, I get mine waxed, yeah. but that's fine. Um, so I was doing that and it had, when I was come, had come out of the shower and so I was just like standing there without a shirt on in the window. Oh my God. I didn't know you were doing and that. I was like, at one point I was like, wait a second. I was like seeing cars drive by and I was like, holy shit, like can people see? You definitely can. Like I've like driven in the back with because the blinds are open and I, I often think like, I was wondering why all these cars were doing U-turns and circling back around. Crashing into each other? Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Well. I didn't tell you that, but. No, yeah. you didn't. I'm glad I, I'm glad you did now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Explains why all the little boys are out back. <laughs> I mean, there's not that much to look at, but. You remember that kid riding by on the bicycle the other day? Yeah. We were just, like, walking in the park. And this, like, six-year-old kid, well, he looks like, like Paul Tremblay's kid. Yeah. That Felix's age. Yeah. Just Five, rides six. by and says, hey, girls. And I was like, I am so flattered. That just, like, literally <laughs> made my day. This, like, little boy. Yeah. But, anywho. Yeah, so that's kind of our story. Yeah. I don't know. We're doing all right, I guess. Yeah, we're making it. <laughs> um, kind of continue to learn about each other as we go. Like, what's the what have you learned about me in the past month? Um, I don't know. I think it's more like the things I always knew are just being more like confirmed on a daily basis. <laughs> Like just what? like that you leave things to the last minute and mm-hmm. yeah I and I'm working on it I'm working on getting moving past it and being the bigger person meanwhile I'm like she is once again creating a mountain out of a molehill <laughs> here like that doesn't even need to get done yeah. until like Thursday okay but that's fun what about me I don't know probably that like the same thing I'm like you just like create stress in your life but, I don't know. We balance each other out. Yeah. So, yeah. the I guess to, to end off, we are not relationship experts, but people seem interested in our stories. 
So yeah. we figured we'd share a little bit more. Um, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully there's something to take away or at least you're entertained at some point. Yeah, that's always the goal. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Thanks for listening. <laughs>